We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Yay! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com. Welcome to the Rotowire Basketball Podcast presented by DraftKings.com. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can use that promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit on DraftKings. That'll get you a free contest entry today. All right, it is Thursday, December 31st, New Year's Eve. Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. 
uh, for a special New Year's Eve edition, I guess, uh, of the Rotowire Basketball Podcast. Uh, James, I know you're, you're keeping a close eye on college football today with all these all these bowl games ramping up. We got the two national semifinals. Uh, one starts this afternoon, I think three o'clock our time, and then another later tonight. So plenty of college football action. Not quite as much going on in the NBA. Uh, I guess the NBA kind of hogged Christmas Day. Uh, New Year's Eve, more of a college football holiday, but still six games tonight. Uh, Warriors Rockets will be fun. Bucks Pacers won't be very fun, but that still will be going on. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about last night's games, uh, get into a few NBA prospects as we usually do, and then start talking about some of the teams that are kind of in flux. I know last week, we or a couple weeks ago, I guess, before Christmas, we talked about some of the teams in the Eastern Conference that were kind of on the bubble between uh, you know being playoff contenders and falling back, and we'll do the same with the Western Conference, but uh, you know, like we said, it's New Year's Eve. So, what do you have going on tonight? Uh, going out to dinner uh, with the the girlfriend, and then going over to a house party out in the burbs. And I was having to do my my research on when the best time to order an Uber will be. And it sounds like I'll be staying up till about four in the morning, uh, waiting for those prices to come down because it's going to be pricing, uh, yeah. yeah, it's going to be about a out in the burbs. Yeah, it's it's out in uh out in McFarland actually is where my my friend and his uh fiance have a house, so uh it's going to be, you know, we're talking like a 20 minute 20 Uber ride without any surge pricing. Mm-hmm. So don't want that to creep up into the 70s. Why, do, or why 80s, don't you just drive so. yourself? You're not going to be drinking. Are you? Oh, man, it's a good point. <laughs> uh, I hadn't thought of that. You have a yeah. car. That, yeah, I do have a car. Like flashy could, Hyundai out there. I could just, uh, yeah, I could just <laughs> hop in the hop in the rig at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the night and, and head home. But uh, yeah, no, I, it's it's going to be a, a long night. I have a feeling, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it sh- should be pretty fun. What about you? Yeah, I I'll be staying in the city, not not hitting the burbs tonight. <laughs> um, got a couple friends coming down. Uh, a couple friends that are in grad school, so they're they're basically on winter break for another two and a half weeks. So they're just kind of hanging out at home and are gonna gonna come down for the night. But yeah, I mean it's it's basically gonna be football based. I, I'm not gonna start doing anything real until after that Alabama Michigan State see, game wraps up. I wish I could say the same thing, and it it really kind of depends. Like I. My my ideal like New Year's Eve is is a house party. I think uh, rather than going to the bars, just because I think that that's uh, a good way to waste a ton of money. And I usually, I mean, you usually just end up doing what you do anyways when you go out to the bars on New Year's. I mean, it's not anything special or anything. Uh, you're just paying you know ten bucks for a, a glass of champagne to cheers at midnight. That's the only real difference. So I'd, I'd prefer to do it at a house. I'm interested to see what the kind of vibe's going to be like at this house in terms of are, are we going to be viewed as you know bad uh, company if we're just sitting there watching the game? Like are there going to be people that want to like yeah. do other stuff? So I I don't know how that's going to really go. Uh, I really actually care about the Clemson Oklahoma game more than that that later game so I mean I'm, I'm happy that's the early game so I'll be able to see that one at least but three o'clock's an early start and I understand most people or a lot of people at least probably aren't working today but three o'clock I mean that just it was the games were on New Year's Day last year right uh yeah I think so that, that seemed to that work was, a little bit better like what's wrong with that you yeah know? that was I mean that I, was incredible the I way think it it's out. there is definitely a uh scheduling thing where Almost regardless of you know what the holiday is, I think all major sporting events try to do anything they can to not be on a Friday because I think that that's the hardest day to get 
eyeballs for for any event but i mean i still think you know new year's day it's not an event like it's not your typical friday you know it's not like get home from work and like go out to dinner with the the wife like i mean it's it's a friday on new year's day everyone's just sitting around at home so i really don't know why they couldn't have just done that but well, it's also the college football playoff too. Like people aren't. Right. If you if you want to watch this game, you're going to make sure you watch it, right. no matter what time it's at. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it it's odd that they're going up against Bucks Pacers. You think they would? <laughs> you you'd think they would have wanted to avoid that in the Indianapolis market, but apparently not. Um, but we'll start with with some prospect talk. Uh, I think we broke down Brandon Ingram mm-hmm. a little bit last time. Love we also Brandon talked about Scalabissier. And uh, what, what was that on Ingram? I love Brandon Ingram. Oh, yeah. I, I'd like about, to. I'd talk like about to him more every, since yeah. since we talked about him. Yeah. I, uh, but Labissier, we we talked about uh, before Christmas. He was kind of he hasn't been good through uh, mm-hmm. Kentucky's non-con season. It kind of hit, I guess, for him, rock bottom against Louisville uh, over the Christmas holiday. I think he played something like twelve minutes off the bench had two points, both on free throws, just looks overmatched this season. Uh, and there there was a story that came out about a week ago, uh, or I guess less than a week ago, uh, where an anonymous scout, and scouts have to speak anonymously uh, on these issues, so it's not really an issue necessarily where the scout's trying to you know hide behind the anonymous label. Scouts aren't allowed to comment personally, you know, NBA scouts on uh, on college prospects. That's, that's mm-hmm. a tampering issue. Uh, but basically, one scout had some some pretty negative things to say about Labissier, right. and uh, I just wanted to get your take, I guess, on on the reaction to that. John Calipari uh, kind of ripped that scout, kind of basically for he thought he thought the comments were a little more malicious, maybe than they needed. Did to he be. rip the scout or the person that published the quotes? Uh, I think I guess kind of both. I mean, because yeah, I mean, I I don't see what ripping the scout gets you. If I was him, I would have gone after the guy that published him. Although I don't really I don't see what's wrong with publishing I don't, those. I don't, I don't see what's wrong with it. I mean, it's a great way to get page views and like become like kind of a talking point uh, based on your article. But I probably wouldn't have just because like that's so. I mean, those quotes are kind of so outlandish that it's. It's really just kind of shocked. Yeah. Well, here's here's the quotes real quick. If you haven't heard them by now, uh, the scout told SNY.TV's Adam Zagoria, said Labissier was, quote, a paper tiger, a mock draft myth, a fraud, uh, among other things. Big scal, no strength, no toughness, no game. Comes off the bench, plays 10 minutes, had two points, three rebounds, 0-3 from the floor, shot an air ball and an easy hook. And that's referring to the Louisville game, which Kentucky did win. Um, but, yeah, I think Cal so Parry, I, Well, the... I mean, the only take I really, the, the only thing I really take a ton of issue with from just that quote is the part where he says he has no game. Uh, I agree about you could make a case that he's, uh, you know, mock draft myth, like a, a paper tiger, no strength, uh, no toughness. I can I can see those cases. I mean, to say he has no game kind of misunderstands what his game is. Uh, he's not. Like you look at his body, and you just, or you look at basically, you know, this is a highly hyped freshman big man, and you just sort of expect him to be kind of dominating down low and everything. Well, especially like at that. Kentucky too. I mean, right. the guys who've come through, it's you know, it's it's almost an unrealistic standard to live up to. And like, who's who's been like the worst of the Kentucky big men since Cal Perry took over? Like uh, Nerlens Noel, a guy yeah, who unless you want to unless you want to throw. Uh, Josh Harrelson? <laughs> no. Uh, 
Gosh, Daniel Orton? Yeah, I was going to say Daniel, Daniel Orton. Orton. Daniel Orton was a good college player. Was he? I mean, he was like, pretty good. He played like he ended up being a very minimal minutes. Yeah. Uh, was he lottery? I don't he went think to OKC. So. They probably weren't a lottery pick at that point. I I mean, he was a kind of, I mean, let's, let's I mean, he was a bust. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Nerlens Noel is a very controversial NBA player because. And he only had a half a season, too. I mean, didn't, right. didn't he tear his ACL like right before the start of SEC play? Yeah, I mean it's not uh it's not all I mean these aren't all home runs the Kentucky big men. I mean you got Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, bust, bust. <laughs> uh Dakari Johnson and and Carl Anthony Towns. I mean you Towns, Davis, Cousins. I mean that's that's pretty elite. I mean those Where are Where was Towns? I have a hard time hard time remembering this. I listened to the the CBS Sports College Basketball podcast and Gary Parish had a couple points that I'll bring it up in a second about this story, but he mentioned Carl Towns as not a comparison to Labissier necessarily, but he's like, you know, Carl Towns had, he's had a stretch of games, you know, in the beginning of the year where he was in single figure scoring. It just kind of looked like, you know, he was a good player, but obviously the platoon situation was kind of holding him back. But it wasn't until mid to late in the season that he really, really became a, a, like a locked top two, mm-hmm. top three prospect, right? Uh, I mean, he was, I think he was kind of always the consensus number two guy yeah it wasn't till late in the season that he became like like everybody thought it was Jaleel Okafor number one like lock it up it wasn't till uh you know almost February or so where there started becoming like whispers that maybe Okafor wasn't a lock to go number one uh but with Towns you never had any doubts about how his like body would transition like you knew at least he'd be you know a good defensive center uh when he started showing a ton of offensive flashes down the stretch that's when people started to think you know potential uh superstar building block but I mean Scal hasn't shown like Scal the 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 trouble with him is there's legitimate um there's a legitimate possibility that he could just be a straight-up bust like he could be a guy that's out of the league in like three years after being drafted uh where you definitely weren't thinking that about towns uh so yeah i mean it's it's definitely kind of a weird didn't that didn't that scout also say something about how like you know he's not the number one pick he's not the number he like, says he's like five the 50th pick, pick or, or he's something. not the, like something about him not being the 50th pick yeah. like i mean well that's that's what i wanted to ask you, you can, too is like even if even though he's had this horrible start and even if he doesn't turn things around like let's say he ends up playing out the season kentucky is like you know a top top seven to 15 team they kind of vacillate back and forth like that they end up as a two or uh-huh. three seed and they you know regardless of what happens it's kentucky um i don't think it's a lock that he goes top 10 but i think if the draft was today he'd still go top 10 do you think like, he'd still go top five no draft express has my number five right now i don't think he'd go top five uh but uh, you know he could still drop. Like there was a year when when Perry Jones Perry Jones was the projected number one overall pick uh, a few years ago. Into I believe like into December he was still projected to go number one, and he just uh, cratered like his stock cratered. He he almost fell out of the first round. I think OKC got him at the the very end of the first round that year. I that's mean, a that's, good comparison. That's something that could legitimately happen with Scal. Uh, assuming that, like, if he just does, th- if this kind of just continues on like a, a straight line, like the rest of the season, where he's kind of a non-factor in most of their games, 
then he's definitely going to fall out of the lottery. But I, I still don't really see him falling out of the first round. It's not a super deep class. There's some guys that you can fall in love with towards the top of the draft for sure. But, uh, you know, I mean. Is Brandon Ingram one of those guys? He's definitely one <laughs> well, of those guys. Well, it's like guys. when you get down to, you know, let's say Scal falls out of the lottery, whatever it is. And, and at this point, it is hard to see him, like, drastically turning things around. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not like he's dealing with an injury or maybe he is and we don't know about it. But it doesn't seem like he is at least like once you get down into like the 17 18 range it's like it would you go him or would you look at a guy like uh say draft express has Gershon Ubesole from France it's like yeah, you might as well take a chance on Lavissier at that point right I mean I don't want to speak to Gershon's abilities I, <laughs> um, <laughs> correct have not seen him play but uh yeah, I mean, I think that there's just there's a ton of guys. Like, well, for instance, like you have, like you have Nigel Hayes at 25. You have uh, Karis LeVert at 19. You have Isaiah Briscoe at 22. I mean, these are all guys that I think you know. If if everything breaks right, they're like seventh men, right? Uh, which which is a valuable piece and a yeah. piece that you want, but it's like you, but you're not take your chances. You're not on the gonna. That's of. not the point of having a first round pick. A lot. Of, I mean, in in most cases, like if you're maybe if you're a team like you know the the Spurs or the Warriors or something, a, a surefire like rotational piece has more value to you than like a lottery ticket, uh, but. It just there's a lot of teams where that's not. If the you're case. the Sixers at 24, like you're you're loving if Scal falls to you there. Right. I mean, there's tons of teams that would would love to. I mean, most teams in the Eastern Conference, I feel, would would yeah prefer to take a, a flyer on a guy like Scal than take someone like Briscoe, who who's going to be useful. But he's a guy that you should be able to uh, acquire in in other other ways. I mean, you could you could sign a guy like that for for a pretty affordable free agent contract. So. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that he's very – and I also think it's it's tough for Scal because I don't think that Kentucky's – they're not, like, letting him uh, – they're not running the offense in a way that, that best sort of suits his game. They're kind of running what they want to run uh, that that's going to help Murray and Briscoe and those guys, and it's Scal's – job to kind of keep up or just kind of get left well they're behind. using him as a so, rim protector and that's not what he is like you know gary right. Parrish mentioned he's like every everyone sees scal as like a stretch four in mm-hmm. the nba and they're trying to use him in like the nerlands role and mm-hmm. that's just not his game so that's part of it and and like you said this is a guard dominated kentucky team as opposed to last year you know with collie stein and and towns and, and even looking at like lee and dakari johnson off the bench i mean that was a big man team and you know the, the change in style, I guess, hasn't really translated for him, and it's it's worked for some guys. I mean, it's making Jamal Murray, you know, for the most part, a guy we'll talk about in a little bit, looking like a great prospect, but it's not exactly fitting Scal's game. So I guess before we move on, like, what is your overall take? Do you think what that what that anonymous scout said was over the line? Uh, I just think that he's a an idiot. I mean, I think over the line. I don't think it's over the line. I just think that like whoever that scout is should probably not have a job in scouting like, you know I, I think, anonymous scout aka sacramento like, kings like like he you know that you can find a scout there's so many scouts and they're all so chatty like you could find a scout to rip pretty much any prospect right. you want like that, and that's a, that's another point Parrish made too is like you could find someone that will tell you Stephen curry's overrated right if you want it or you like want you could like think of all the 
articles that were coming out about like Wiggins, like early on, like yep. in his tenure at Kansas, where like everyone is kind of questioning, you know, his drive and all that stuff and, and his assertiveness. I mean, people were writing columns like left and right about how Wiggins just doesn't have what it takes to be like a star. Uh, you just, I mean, you kind of have to, it's never the extreme. It's always something closer to the middle. Right. So, I, I mean, I think a lot of what he said is is fair about how Scal is clearly not the player that he was advertised to be uh, coming into the year, but I think it's it's crazy to say that he's played his way out of the lottery yet. Yeah, yeah, I think so, absolutely. And another Kentucky guy I wanted to talk about is Tyler Ulis. I think we've hit on him in uh, a couple previous podcasts, but nothing too in-depth. And this is a guy that when you watch, you, you don't see many college point guards like him, the way he's able to control a game, kind of a, a Chris Paul type of figure, I think, for this for this Kentucky team. But at the same time, he's 5'9", he's skinny, mm-hmm. he isn't a great shooter. Um, I mean, is he more, looking at him as an NBA prospect, is he, does he project to be more than a decent backup in the NBA? No. I mean, I think he's... Uh... I feel like I, the I, guy you look to for him is like, could he be like a DJ Augustine? Uh, yeah, I mean, Who's that's been like a, a spot starter. It's not know? a bad comparison. I mean, there's there's always going to be room for for a guy like Ulis on a NBA bench. I mean, you know, the, look at some of the. I mean, he's a better pro <laughs> prospect than like TJ McConnell. Obviously, right. I mean, it, that's a, an extreme example. The future Sixer, the, the Sixers, but I mean, like, there's there's a ton of you know, crappy point guards that get run just based on the, the situations they're in. So, I mean, Ulysses is at least a guy that you're comfortable uh, running the offense and getting the ball to your, your playmakers when your starting point guard's on the bench. I, I, I think he's a second-rounder, though. Yeah, I think he's certainly a second-round prospect. I mean, somebody I'd like to see at least make an impact in mm-hmm. the NBA. I mean, he's, he's about as fun as it gets to watch. But even even looking at DJ Augustine, I mean, DJ Augustine's got two inches on him, and mm-hmm. and that's going to that's gonna ward teams off. And I think he's going to have to be a, become a better three-point shooter. I mean, he could kind of stick around as an Aaron Brooks type of guy, but I don't know if he's quite the, the shot creator. Yeah, like the right thing now. about guys like, you know, Brooks and Nate Robinson and Isaiah Thomas, like they can all go on stretches where they're just lighting it up from outside. And, yeah, Ulysses is more of a just true point guard right. type, and, and I don't know how well that plays at that size. Mm-hmm. What about Jamal Murray then, too? I mean, this is a guy who a couple weeks ago was rising as high as, you know, number three, number four in some mock drafts. A little bit down now. He's been he's been sporadic. I mean, he's a guy who certainly isn't shy about about taking any shots, but he, he seems to have limitations. Like, I mean, I, he's, he's a very, very good college player and a very good prospect, but at the same time, does he have that, you know, future NBA star look to him? I, I just no. I don't see it. I just think he's the type of guy that, like, casual – like guys that love to watch college basketball and are kind of like casual like NBA fans will like watch him and be like oh man he's going to be great at, in the NBA I don't I don't really see it like he's he's kind of a chucker he reminds me of Deion Waiters I, like I a was, ton I was just going to say that um yeah no that's a that's a quality comp on him he's he, I've I've seen him be able to like set his teammates up when he wants to, but he doesn't want to very often. And you know he's he's shown a decent stroke from three, but overall, like I mean, he's taken a lot of long twos. Uh, his his best 
a skill I think is just the ability to drive to the rack and you know create something I mean he's he's really good at, at getting to the rim so you know maybe he has a role as like your sixth man that just comes off the bench and and you know scores a bunch of points in a limited amount of time I think if he's your starting shooting guard that's that's not great I, I wonder I'm sure there are some teams that are looking at him as a point guard prospect with the the mm-hmm. thought of maybe him being kind of like a Tyreek Evans type of point guard but uh yeah I mean I think he's just he's gonna go in the top 10 in this draft but I think that says more about the prospects that are you know after Simmons and Ingram I mean I think that there's yeah. you could order those guys in kind of any direction depending on what you are looking for he does have good length. He has a good, you know, strength profile at this age. You know, there, there are a lot of things to like, high intelligence. But like you said, some of the, the shot selection has been really mm-hmm. bad of late. Against Louisville, he had a couple just head-scratching type of type of one-on-one, very waiters-esque plays, really, for lack of a better term. And I, th- I think I like him, I guess, a little bit better as a point guard uh, just because you don't need – I mean, at a shooting guard in the NBA right now, you want that athleticism, and he just doesn't have it um he's kind of a crafty athlete i guess yeah. you know you get around the rim he uses his body well uses his length got six eight wingspan uh to kind of get the ball up to the rim but he's he's not he's not a great athlete i don't know if he profiles that well as a defender not a bad defender but certainly not going to be a, a major plus in that area i mean he um, could be you know maybe like his his best case would be kind of like a Victor Oladipo type of thing. I think like a Mc- CJ McCollum a little bit, maybe a guy sure. who can kind of play both spots but isn't going to be a great passer by any means. Um, definitely not a guy, though. You shouldn't look at him and be like, oh, he's going to be a star because no. he's, he's not going to be. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think he could be a good player, but I, I don't think I don't think he's a, a franchise type of guy by any means. Um, the last guy I want to talk about is, as we stick with prospects is Grayson Allen. 33 yesterday against Long Beach State. Obviously not the greatest competition, but – you know, 33 points is 33 points. Um, I mean, where do you stand on him? I think the consensus right now is at best late lottery, most likely, you know, mid to late first round. I definitely think he should go in the first round. I think that he actually has has fewer flaws than Jamal Murray. So, like, I, I view those two guys kind of similarly at the next level. Uh similar athletes like, i mean i think i think grayson allen's a, a better athlete yeah 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 i mean you could definitely make that case i think that he's uh you know the, it's gonna be hilarious to just watch all the people compare him to like gordon hayward and and all the you know white shooting guards that have that have come before him but you know i think he's a legitimate there might be some jj reddick comps yeah uh, he's not jj reddick no. by any means um, but there, there's you know, he's a. I think he's a starting two guard, like a uh, you know maybe a not a top ten two guard, but like a fifteen to twenty five starting two guard. I think is is fairly realistic, and I think that he he's a guy that I think a lot of teams will, will look at later. A lot of the smart teams will look at later in that first round, and and really be kind of eyeing up. Is there anybody that you like that comes to mind as a comparison for him? It is hard, you know the the um, whole white I player think, comparison. That you want to, you know, most I mean, people I think seem there's, to default to that. There might be a little like Wes Matthews there, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know the way. Yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say like a little Eric Bledsoe in the way that he plays. Uh, yeah, just kind of a sneaky athlete, and he's bigger than Bledsoe. I mean, Bledsoe profiles what six two, six three, and Grayson Allen's at six five. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not. It's, it's I'm tough. not sure. I mean. I, 
He's just I think he's just really he doesn't have that many like what would you say his biggest flaw is? Like I don't I don't really think he has You that could many. say decision making at this point, but the the way this Duke team is constructed, it's a weird it's a weird kind of mid you know, they're kinda in like a middle year where you know, mm-hmm. obviously they won it all last year, they had a lot of attrition and you got I still think they could win it all this year. Oh yeah. Like they've they've I mean, got they some issues. Two but... of the top twenty players in the country and Ingram and, and Allen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Emil Jefferson's probably a top right. Once 40 he, I mean, guy. he's out right now. Yeah. And I mean, Marshall Palmer looked great. If, if whatever you want to put into that, I don't. I don't know what his draft situation is. Isn't he going to the military or something? Uh, who knows? I think he is. But he had a couple of plays yesterday that were that were head turners. But yeah, I, mean, I think this Duke team can run with just about anyone. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to NBA talk. First, a quick word from DraftKings. Fantasy football may be winding down, but DraftKings.com is not messing around. DraftKings.com is America's favorite. One-week fantasy football site where you can win enormous cash prizes every week. You already researched the players for your season-long fantasy team. Now turn that knowledge into instant cash at DraftKings.com. Head over to DraftKings.com now. Enter that promo code ROTOHOOPS for free entry with your first deposit. DraftKings.com, bigger events, bigger winnings, bigger millionaires. Enter ROTOWIRE, free entry now at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. You'll actually be playing quite a bit of... Uh, fantasy college football this weekend on DraftKings.com, if I understand, correct? Uh, lots of action on DraftKings.com <laughs> right now. Yeah, I came into the office and your, your screen was just covered in lineups. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's uh, probably the last, this this New Year's Eve, New Year's Day slate, uh, the last hurrah for the, the college football DFS season. So, uh, you know, you, by the time you're listening to this, it's going to be too late for you to get involved with that, but... <laughs> Uh, really, I mean, it's it's you definitely it's become it's become my favorite uh, DFS sport to play, and it's not even really all that close. And that's coming from a guy whose two favorite sports are baseball and basketball, and that's not even close. So, like, it's just it's just a very kind of unique uh, once a week type of thing that you get to do. Where the and the thing I I, I hate daily NFL because. There's really no angles, you know, like everybody knows all the angles. Like everyone knows this guy's underpriced, that guy's underpriced. Like college football, like so many, so many names. I mean, it's hard to keep everyone straight. So like you can have uh, a play that not many people will have and it, it can pay off. So, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of opportunity in that, in that field. If you're looking to kind of break in next year. Yeah. Shout out Paxton Lynch. Oh, come on. <laughs> Sorry, that was a low blow. Um, so yeah, looking at looking at a couple of last night's games, the Warriors fell to twenty nine and two. Time to panic for them. Blowout loss uh, at Dallas, one fourteen ninety one. No Steph Curry uh, for the Warriors. Self proclaimed best shooting guard in the league, Clay Thompson, just ten points in thirty four minutes. Uh, I mean, Curry's not going to miss more than maybe a game or two uh, on top of this one going forward, but. Does this does this one loss still jeopardize the the seventy two win season for you? And what like where do no. they need to be at the All Star break for that to still be realistic? Uh, they need to have probably fewer than like seven losses or fewer than eight losses. That shouldn't be hard, right? I mean, that's basically a month and a half. I mean, that they're not. The, I'm. You could ask me this question. I mean, they're they're just not. They're they're going to make a run at that. There's no, I don't see. I think they will. Too. I mean, barring another, that. barring a significant injury to to Curry, I think they could even weather one to Clay. 
you know, for a while, as long as he's not out six weeks. You know, if Clay misses two weeks, I think they could they could still run the table over that. Spin. Curry's the one guy, and, and probably Draymond, that they can't go without. Their issue, you know, obviously Curry and Draymond can't miss more than like a week, I would say, for for them to have a hope at catching that uh, 72 wins. But they can't, they also can't have injuries pile up to like their supporting guys. Like, so, I mean, like they, Azili's out, Barnes out, uh, Barbosa's out. I mean, that just really stretches them a little thin in their rotation. So you can afford to be without like Barnes for a month or even like you said, like, I, I don't think it would be the end of the world if they were without Clay Thompson for a few weeks or even Andre Iguodala for a few weeks, but you don't want to be missing both of those guys, like two guys at the same time, because then it just really stretches you thin where Brandon Rush is playing a ton of minutes and, and you don't really want that. Yeah. Like you said, Barbosa, probably the big one that they really can't be without on that bench. <laughs> <laughs> well, like he's a rotational no, no, guy. You know? No, he I is. Mean, like, he is. Like they, they need, there's a set like eight or nine guys that belong in that rotation. And then once you have to start pulling guys in that, that aren't, uh, one of those eight or nine guys, and that's when you start to get exposed. Right. A little well, bit. and the re- part of the reason they've been so good, I mean, Curry and Green and Thompson get most of the credit, but uh, like you said, they go nine or ten deep with guys that just keep coming at you, and it's very Spurs-like in that you don't get a break. You know, you you can't say, oh, their second unit's in, now we can make right. a run. You know, the second unit comes in and obviously doesn't play as well as the first unit, but they don't. there's not a huge drop-off where, where you feel like they're vulnerable at mm-hmm. any point. Uh, looking at a couple more games from last night, the Clippers beat the Hornets. Magic over the Nets. The Lakers win in Boston. That's a terrible loss for the Celtics. Bulls beat the Pacers. Raptors beat the Wizards. T-Wolves knock off the Jazz. Spurs dominate the Suns. Will Barton and the Nuggets fall to the Trailblazers. And the 76ers pick up win number three on the road at a hostile sleep train arena. Um, We won't really get into box scores or anything like that from last night. We want to talk about some of the teams, like we mentioned at the top, that are kind of in between uh contending for playoff spots probably not titles you know some of the teams we're going to talk about but basically whether or not these teams should make a move to try to improve whether or not they can improve without making a move or do it uh, yeah well like basically kind of what we did two weeks ago right well like and i just want to say like we both said last week that like the hawks were a team like to not kind of right off i think they were sitting in what like the eighth seed they were like nine or ten because because of all the ties and all that and now they're They're at number two two. (laughs) so like you know we know what we're talking about here like you can you can (laughs) you can take take our word as gospel yep what's about to come as always uh so memphis they're the first team i want to talk about they sit in the sixth seed right now which is i believe where they were or where they've pretty much been for the for this Mm -hmm. for the whole season they got off to a terrible start picked things up a little bit but I don't think any of the, you know, the rumors of is this the end of grit and grind? Is Dave Yeager on the hot seat? Like those haven't really subsided a whole lot, and you know, I don't really know what the Grizzlies expected this year. I, I think probably a little bit better than eighteen and sixteen. But when you look at the re- the rest of the Western Conference, I think this is probably wh- right where they should have been. Right? Maybe not the record they wanted, but fifth, sixth, seventh mm-hmm. in the West. Like that seems about right. Definitely, I I don't think that they were ever really in the discussion as a top four team. Uh, or even a top five team. I mean, they're ahead of the Rockets, but I mean, everyone would have had the Rockets ahead of them uh, before the season. So for them to be sixth, I mean, that's just kind of status quo. I think everyone kind of wants to say like, you gotta, you know, you gotta make a trade or something. Like they're just not built to to play with teams like Golden State or whatever. Like 
that you can't there's no move move that move that, move that meant to make them like in that warriors spurs class really so i really your only play i think if you're them is to just kind of play things out you know try to get healthy try to get uh you know your system t- try to get everyone to gel together and, and work as a cohesive unit and you know if you can be playing your best basketball come the playoffs and you know god forbid Steph Curry gets hurt or Kawhi Leonard gets hurt then you just try to parlay you know your opportunities I mean Golden State was a great team last year but they took advantage of some favorable opportunities uh, based on their situations they're lucky so so I mean like you have to get lucky, but you, I mean, you don't win a title without getting a little lucky, but, uh, the Grizzlies, like they can't, I, I don't, they can't blow it up. I don't think. And they can't make a move that, that puts them in that class. So I think you just got to kind of play it out. I feel the same way too. It's, it's, you're playing for basically, maybe we can make a, a run like, to the let's, West let's finals. Let's see you if know? we like, can win a playoff series and then, you know, who knows what happens. Exactly. And I don't know. I don't know what what the right move is. I don't know if there is a right answer for Memphis right now, and I think that speaks to how good Golden State, San Antonio, and Oklahoma mm-hmm. City are. Like, I think you hit it perfectly. You just you can't. What could they possibly do mm-hmm. unless you can make some kind of crazy move and you know basically fleece a couple teams to like acquire superstars? There's nothing you can do. There's nothing yeah. realistically that you can nobody, do to jump into that category. Yeah, nobody wants like anybody on your team other than Connolly and Marcus all yeah and the, you <laughs> like know the, they, the, they the trade Zach trade. Randolph stuff it's like what like, are you gonna get yeah, back like oh let's trade Zach Randolph like that's yeah I mean the, yeah I can only imagine what that hall would look like and it wouldn't be that pretty yeah I I don't I don't know what the solution is I mean do you think I mean at, at some point they're gonna have to move on from this core yeah right I mean and I guess the the question at this they're, point they're in a tough spot because they've done a pretty poor job of compiling assets drafting has been drafting like and like even even when they've had like they had john lure for a while and they just like never they just kind of like moved on from that i mean it's and it it, there's something to be said brandon wright was a nice a huge really good addition for them and he's been out Mm -hmm. and not that not but he's is brandon wright going to be the difference between 18 and 16 and like i don't i don't know like 25 and 9 like no probably not not at all and, and you look at the, the rest of the, the roster on this team, and Marcus Gasol, he, he's turning 30 or turned 30 this past year. Mike Conley, he's up for an extension. He's he's kind of in the Brandon Knight territory right now where I don't think you know they haven't, they haven't tipped their hand whether they want to commit to him or not. Courtney Lee is 30 years old. You got Vince Carter. You got Zach Randolph. I mean, there's, there's no young assets. Like, who's the best under 30 asset on this team right now other than Conley, who this- isn't even under contract next year? Like, Jamichael Green? No, well, I mean, I don't know. I that this team reminds me a lot of uh, the those Bucks teams, like the the Glenn Robinson, Ray Allen, Sam Cassell Bucks teams, where like it was a nice run, you know. They 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 got to like the conference finals one year, like it was a really you know good time in, in franchise history. It's inevitably going to come to an end, and it's going to get pretty ugly when it does, because they're not they're not going to be able to lure free agents right uh it's going to take them a few years to start picking high in the draft uh there's there's just going to be some really really lean years coming and you know you can't not every team gets to win a title like it was a successful run it was a memorable run like everyone's going to remember these grizzlies teams and uh you know no shame in not winning a title with this group i don't think
No, not at all. No, I mean, this is certainly the golden era of Grizzlies basketball franchise. <laughs> and I know that sounds, that sounds odd to say, but I mean, it's not a very old franchise. I mean, mm-hmm. This is a team that's only been in Memphis for, what, 15 years? And I mean, you've had a winning record. I'm, I'm trying to look back every year since, since 2010. And even then, you know, you were competitive team, I mean, a, a playoff mm-hmm. team in 2009, 2010. And it's not a, like you said, it's not an attractive free agent market. The thing about this is like, it's been such a memorable time for this franchise that it makes it a little bit harder to let go. I think, you know, I mean, it, it's literally mm-hmm. been defined as a grit and grind. Like they have, they have a name for this, this team and this group of guys and, I think that makes it a little bit harder to kind of, you know, you can't just have a fire sale and get rid of basically the, the you know, the core guys, Tony Allen, Marcus Saul, Conley, and Randolph, who've been there for these last four or five years and and obviously been embraced by the city quite a bit. It just makes it a little bit, you know, there, there's more emotion, I guess, attached to moving on from it. And I think we're kind of seeing that right now, where if you're management, I think you probably want to move on sooner than later. But if you start selling off those guys this year, your attendance is going to plummet uh and with it you know you kind of start embracing those three or four years of of mediocrity and that's assuming that you draft well yeah no i mean they're yeah i think we've kind of hit on all there is to say about the grizzlies they're they're gonna probably make the playoffs and probably be an underdog in the first round yeah it'll be interesting to see where mike conley ends up if he's not back in memphis what what team is going to throw an offer at him because it's going to happen uh houston they're sitting at 16 and 17 quality wins they beat OKC. They beat the Clippers twice. One of those with no Chris Paul. That was a couple months ago or about a month ago. They beat Dallas, which I think is a quality win at this point. Uh, and then they had that big win over the Spurs on Christmas. Of course, they followed that up with a loss to the Pelicans and a loss to the Hawks. So I think when we're talking about the Rockets, it's fair to say, uh, can they turn it around? And when we say turn it around, can they be a title contender? Uh, Memphis. I don't think we can say that about, but I think with the personnel, I don't and, think and I don't think they're ever. I, I think the the list of title contenders, without being just way too liberal with that phrase, is limited to four teams this year. But I think that they could become a like dark horsey kind of team you don't want to have to play in the first round of the playoffs type of team. Like they're. You know, they're in a better spot than like the Grizzlies in terms of, of making a legitimate push to to win a couple playoff series if they can get everything right. Because we saw when they were functioning at, at a really high level down the stretch last year that they could give, you know, any team in the league really a, a ton of trouble. Uh, that that series against the Warriors was, was closer, I think, than uh, people remember, at least early on in that series. I think... The Clint Capella, Dwight Howard, uh, Donatus Matiunas, Terrence Jones front court is uh, maybe the the best in the league, uh, and I think that 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 could give a lot of teams a lot of trouble. I I wonder if they have the right coach to kind of make all the pieces work. I I think that you know going from uh, you know going from McHale to Bickerstaff was somewhat uninspired I guess I mean I know that the the players like him and everything but you know this is a team that kind of needs someone I think that has kind of done it before and you know having Billy Donovan in OKC like Billy Donovan's kind of been exposed a little bit but you still have Westbrook and Durant like there's not a ton of coaching like there Scott Brooks basically wasn't coaching anything unless Byron Scott was coaching the the finals they'd be fine right like I mean the the floor for them with a 
with a crappy coach is still like a top three or four right. team as long as everyone's healthy. Uh, the floor for the Rockets is is much lower than that. I mean, they need a lot of. It seems uh, like they scheming. need they need like right. the coaxing and the right. the motivation of a coach. Whereas yeah. OKC is just I mean, and they they're so much deeper and and so I much mean, more proven. James Harden is kind of he's got such a warped view of like react like he he loves to just kind of say like he's the best player in the league and all that all that stuff. But like you you got a coach fired like three weeks into the season like you're like you know i mean who 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 does that like i mean you you showed up out of shape like you were a couple games away from going to the finals and you come in like completely uninspired like playing terrible basketball like i mean there a lot of that's riding on you man so like there i mean you need someone to come in there and kind of get uh you know that work ethic and that ego in line uh but I think they have the pieces to to be kind of a, a tough out in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be a title contender, but they're they're going to push one of those teams, you know, five or six, seven games maybe if if everything goes right. Do you think they need to make any kind of major move to get back into the you know the borderline title race or at least I think they'll, spoiler they'll, race? They'll try to do something. I just don't know. Should they move Dwight? Uh, I would have no problem with them moving Dwight if they. I mean, I don't know who wants Dwight. Like, I think people want Dwight. I don't know what like, they're willing what are, to give up for like, Dwight. What That's are you thing. getting for Dwight? Like, you need. What about that hypothetical Dwight for Horford swap that was being thrown around? I mean, I think I like that for Houston, but I don't know why Atlanta would do that. I, I guess it's just. I mean, you, there's a lot of hypothetical, like, oh, what about this for Dwight? Like, because everyone wants to move Dwight, but like, right. then you have to look at the trade and be like, well, why would this side of the deal do that, and why would this mm-hmm. side of the deal do that? I don't think there's anything that's the that major defense there is he's from Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> from At- so. he's from Atlanta. Like, he, he's not <laughs> happy. Like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I mean, Atlanta's... some guys don't like to play in their home city. Well, that's the thing, you know. Like, you, Dwight you... Howard doesn't want to play in any city. No, like let's let's get real. I I just I don't know what what trade's going to be available to them. I think they're going to try to do something. I think it would make sense to move uh, Jones or Moda Yunus just because I, I mean you want to improve your best five man unit, and right now, you know, you could probably make a case that four of their six best players play either power forward or center. So you can't get those guys all on the court at the same time. So if you can't, if, if you can't get like a nice return for Howard, you might be able to get a nicer return for, uh, you know, Jones or Moda Yunus, um, maybe pair them with like Harrell and, or Decker or something like that yep. in a deal with a, with a kind of, a See, that's where you can, team. that's where you can add like a piece, but not, you know, a mm-hmm. third or fourth type of option piece. I don't, I don't know who that would be off the top of my head, but I think that's a more plausible move. I think Dwight's still a really good player, and you're, you're probably not going to return the value mm-hmm. on him because of the injuries, because of the the kind of it's, it's hard to say off the court stuff with him, but you know, just kind of general work ethic, just demeanor, coach issues, things like that. Are kind of are starting to weigh against him at this point in his career as his age is getting up there. Uh, I just think it's going to be hard to to get that that kind of impact back, and they don't want to they don't want to trade him for like a young guy either. You know, I mean, they're in a position to contend now. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Simmons on one of his podcasts uh, raised the question of should they trade James Harden, and it was just a quick hypothetical. But I, I'm a firm 100 percent no on that. Do you agree? 
Oh, yeah. That's uh, another one, too. It's like, what could you possibly get back? No, Yeah, I mean, you Harden's one of those guys. Like, he's got his his warts, but he can win playoff series by himself. I mean, I think he's one of the few guys that, that can do that. I don't think there's a way to get is there like a like you'd almost have to get back you'd have to go like all right harden straight up for like paul george or something you know like it, it what kind of package could you even build that that would be worth it for him i don't think i don't think there is one and i think the rockets are committed to him i don't think there's any issues mm-hmm. there i think the fact that they were willing to fire their you know their tenured coach right. for him essentially speaks to that uh, but this is a team, I mean, opponents are shooting 46% against Houston. They're terrible at defending the paint. They're a terrible rebounding team, which makes no sense considering that personnel. Eighth in defensive rating last season, uh, which is impressive considering the, the way that they played, and now bound, down to 24th this year. So that's been the issue. I mean, the offense hasn't been as good. Harden hasn't been as good. But they're still scoring a decent amount. They're just not stopping anybody. Uh, the last team we'll talk about, New Orleans. They're sitting at 10-21. and 21. Obviously, we know about their start, um, and I think the general feeling was that once they got healthy, they they could go on a run, they could go on some surge, and, and get right back into this. But that hasn't happened at all. I mean, this is this is a team that that has a few quality wins. Dallas, they beat San Antonio, they they beat Phoenix twice, which at the time looked like a decent win. Now, mm-hmm. not anymore. Uh, and they did beat Cleveland, uh, and then the, that recent win over Houston, which I think was Saturday. But even then, is that a question or is that a quality win? Who knows. So they're still sitting now at second last in the West, ten and twenty-one. That said, that only that only puts you back uh, three and a half of the eight seed, and the Utah Jazz currently hold that, and, and they're not a team that's inspiring, uh, you know, a ton of trust right now. The, yeah, I mean, the Pelicans, I think, would be they'd still be crazy to make a push for the playoffs at this point. Like, you know, at best, you're going to get the seven seed. Uh, probably not even that. I mean, you're probably hoping for the eight seed, which is basically a invitation to get uh, waxed by the Warriors again in the first round. So, I, I Anthony Davis, if if I owned Anthony Davis in a in a season long league, I'd be trying to shop him like crazy because, to me, this this is like a perfect find some sort of an injury to keep him sidelined for a few months type of situation where uh, they have the fourth worst record in the league right now. So, you know, only, and they're, they're one win uh, better than the nets for the third worst. So, I mean, if you can go into the lottery with, you know, the third best chance at getting the number one pick, you know, third, uh, second best chance at getting the number two pick, if, if that's the way it plays out, you know, pairing Davis with a guy like Ingram or Ben Simmons, I mean, that just completely changes the outlook of your your franchise long term and gives you a better chance, I think, to keep Davis long term than if you just continue to show up in the playoffs and get bounced in the first round every year. So, uh, I mean, I think that they got to find a way to get a little – a uh, little tanky here. I mean, I think that there's there's. You, you think li- Tom Benson's gonna gonna go like full Tanya Harding and <laughs> Tom Benson's a, a weirdo. He's a weird uh, dude. I don't think he has any clue what's going on to be honest. But uh, you know, Gentry's Gentry's the type of guy that I mean, he know like the. I mean, a lot of people forget like the Warriors tanked their asses off that one year to get Harrison Barnes. Like, yep. I mean. There's, franchise savior Harrison there's no there's no i mean there's tons of examples like the spurs with with david robinson 
uh, getting Tim Duncan. I mean, like a lot of, uh, you know, untouchable teams and franchises are built on moves like the one that I'm suggesting the Pelicans make and try to go for one of those top two picks. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be kind of a, a shame to waste an Anthony Davis season doing that, but, uh, you know, they this is the situation they find themselves in. They're ten and twenty-one. You know, you got to look at what the best option is. I mean, if they were in line for like a five seed, I'd say go for it. But uh, you know, it looks like eight seed or lottery. You might as well go low in the lottery at that point. Right. And Davis, I think, has been a disappointment. Despite, I mean, the numbers have been good. The raw numbers have been good. Uh, but I don't think he's quite ready. You know, some of those like old, you know, those Cleveland, you know, first era LeBron and Cleveland teams, you kind of felt like just get in there and we'll see, you know, maybe mm-hmm. LeBron can, can carry us. And he, and he kind of did, you know, several times. Davis, I don't think you get that feel quite yet. You know, he's not, he's not quite enough of a, of a one-man team at this point that you feel like he could really get you over uh, any playoff series by himself, especially against San Antonio or Golden mm-hmm. State. I mean, out, totally out of the question. What, what New Orleans does have going for them is the assets, though. I mean, you have expirings in Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson that teams want. Tyreek Evans, not an expiring, but only one year left on his deal after this, which, you know, in, in light of the collective bargaining, uh, you know, future outlook, that deal really isn't, isn't as bad as it maybe looked a, a year or two ago. So they have pieces they can move. And they're, you know, if we're talking about them compared to like Memphis, who, who we just spoke about they're in a considerably better spot. Even though they're, they're a worse team right now, record-wise, and they've, they've played much worse, they have the best player out of those two teams, and they have the assets to move, whereas Memphis just kind of has ancillary pieces that are only going to return other ancillary pieces. Yeah, I mean, there's, that's, that's the tough thing about the. I mean, we talked about Memphis uh, probably more than anybody wants, but they – you know they're in a really tough spot. They don't have moves that they can make really. So they're like where Dallas was last year. Where I mean Dallas got their title, so it was a success. Their their run with Dirk and going into the last last off season, you know we were we were thinking like this this is going to be bad. Like once Dirk leaves, they're going to completely bottom out for a couple of years. But mm-hmm. then you know they get Chandler Parsons two years ago. They get Wes Matthews. They almost get DeAndre Jordan. And, and just like that, this team is kind of. You know, they're not a contender right now, but they have pieces in place to add one or two guys, and they're always a player in free agency. And, yeah, I, I think Memphis is not quite trending in that direction. I guess we'll see what happens. But, you know, Marcus All alone is, is not necessarily enough to be a perennial playoff team in the West. No. All right, so, yeah, looking at Thursday's games, uh, like we said, it's going to be a college football-dominated night. Bucks, Pacers, Timberwolves, Pistons, Warriors, Rockets will be fun. Uh, Houston's actually favored in that game. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming I think Curry's questionable as of now, but uh, I guess the the odds makers don't think he'll be playing. Clippers, Pels, uh, Pelicans are favored in that one as well, which is a bit odd. I guess no no Blake Griffin for the Clippers. Uh, Suns, Thunder, that's a 15 point spread, uh, obviously in favor of OKC, and then Trailblazers, Jazz. Are you going to have an eye on any of these, or is it going to be straight alcohol and and football? Alcohol and football in that order. It's the big two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with you there I mean, it's new year's eve i don't think we have to be bashful about that uh, no. i'm gonna probably snatch so. up a rack of hams on my way home yeah. and uh yeah. we'll be Surprised good to you go. don't already have that chilling in the the fridge no well you see I, it's chilling in not, the liquor stores fridge. they're keeping it cold for right yeah, yeah it's it's kind of like a i don't know if i told you last time i went to this liquor store the fine i don't even know what it's called it's on uh it's on broom street in madison and i walked in there couldn't find hams <laughs> Oh, the uh, it's like kind of in a bottom of like an apartment building or something like that. Or uh, more like, or less, yeah. It's on the corner of like yeah, Broom yeah, yeah. and like Main. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it would be. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, I've, I've been Echo Tap yeah, area. Yeah, 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 it's close to your house. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I walked in there. It's always run by what appear to be people like our age. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how the how one lady at the register is a little too chatty for my life. Yeah. Well, story one. Last time <laughs> I went in there, she was in she was in a deep conversation with somebody about all. I when I walked up, all I heard was Donald Trump is the next Hitler. Oh, like, boy. oh boy, here we go. So I <laughs> put the headphones in and got that yeah. transaction over. But previous time I went there and they didn't have hams, like at least visible. And, you know, me, me being uh, the hilarious guy that I am, I, was, I walked up to the counter. I was like, can you, uh, can you show me, like, this, the special vault where you guys keep the hams? <laughs> and she just gave me this look. It was like, we don't have hams. It's not 1985. It's like, whoa. 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 Like, whoa. Yeah, so, Easy. Yeah, so I called the cops, and yeah. you know, we got it sorted <laughs> out. But, but uh, no, I, I'm, I'm going to have to go to a different liquor store, I guess. But I don't know. I feel like New Year's Eve, I should class it up a little bit. I actually drank point special lager last night which i don't think that might be classing it down from hams i guess you, yeah. you're in a beer club what's what's the take on point special lager i'm not gonna be drinking that anytime soon so <laughs> are you going are you, well, are you going straight champagne tonight or is it is it still cool to do beer on new year's uh well you know going out to eat i think we'll, we'll probably have some uh you know maybe maybe some martinis or something going to a seafood place so uh probably started out <laughs> How dare you? Where are you actually uh, going? Tempest. Tempest. Oyster bar. Um, oh. Just up the road from you. It's like a, that doesn't it's like sound a, like somewhere I would go. Like a two two second walk from your house. Huh, um, I'll, I'll see you there. But but uh, but you know then I I'm bringing over uh, a couple growlers from from Carbon Four to this Ooh. party I'm going to, and also bringing over some tequila. So that'll oh. probably uh, keep get me covered from about nine thirty to you know eleven forty five. Then it's champagne nine forty five, and then it's uh, you know at twelve oh five we'll get back into the beer and the tequila. Nice, nice. Yeah, well that's the thing. You want to pace yourself <laughs> on a New Year's type of day. Like if you're going to start, especially with these college football games, if you don't have to work today, it's going to be hard not to drink. I would think for that three o'clock start. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I think. Uh, you know the majority of the people in Madison will will start around three. I think so too, especially <laughs> after last night. But we didn't even talk about Badger yeah. football. But uh, Madison, the r- rare rare town where you could do uh, drunk driving traps around like six thirty at night <laughs> and and be pretty productive. Yeah, nobody nobody's going to be driving, especially with the snow. It's still on the road too. Uh, yeah, the Buick did not handle the snow shockingly uh very well this last couple of days uh, but that'll do it for us on this new year's eve everyone have great new year's eve a great start to 2016 again we are sponsored by draftkings.com and again that promo code is roto hoops if you enter that making your first deposit on DraftKings, you'll get a free contest entry today ace is a place with the helpful hardware folks at ace your backyard's right in our backyard which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood like premium bird seed suet birdhouses and feeders stop by your local ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want including ace wild bird food on sale now now through tuesday only when you buy two 20 pound bags of wild bird food get a third bag free only at ace the helpful place offer valid through february 28th at participating stores